Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I counting down the 19 days until the trade deadline. Uh, although if you're listening to this, it's probably already 18. Uh, but it is uh, right now February the 5th. And as of right now, no massive trades have happened yet. Uh, haven't really heard. There, there, it's been actually been quite quiet on the trade front. And uh, this episode is, you know, our goal is just to to really fire up the GMs across the National Hockey League to get going on some trades. Let's we have do it. a little more to talk about here. Uh, it's like that All-Star break has kind of lingered a little bit. I don't know if you feel that. Like uh, That All-Star break happened, and it, it almost feels like... Guys got to start we, back up again, you well, know? Well, we haven't... Sometimes that All-Star break hits, and it's like, all right, some certain teams, you just kind of see it. Like, they're ready to go. They know that they have ground to make up, and they're... Like they just come out of the All Star break firing on all cylinders. Granted, we're not too far removed from the All Star break to be able to see that, uh, but it just feels like there's not a whole lot out there in the rumor sphere. I mean, there's players that are free agents. There's some things I'm sure a work underneath the uh, the surface, and we are here to dig out those rumors. Yeah, you know, I th- I think the the big thing was is. You know, you look at, especially, I I like to reference TSN's trade bait list, right? There's not a ton of big name players on this list, you know? And you look at, you can look at the free agent boards on like Cap Friendly or something like that. And there might be a few other names that pop up, but they're obviously not guys that maybe teams that are looking to move because a lot of them are from playoff, you know, contending teams. Like Alex Petrangelo isn't going to get traded. Right. Even if he's not signed, St. Louis is thinking they can win another Stanley Cup. Exactly. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And so, if the cost is Alex Petrangelo leaving, which is most likely unlikely, I think you'd take that. You'd take that chance. Right. Just like Columbus did last year. And so I think, you know, I think a lot of teams are almost waiting. I, I want to say that most teams are probably going to wait till the end of this weekend before they go, okay, crap, this is where we are. We really need to make a decision. Because if you look at the standings, especially like, for instance, in the East, when you've got Philly, Florida, Toronto, Carolina, they're all within a, just a couple wins of each other. So there's no point in pulling the trigger now until you can maybe see a little separation, whether or not you're going down or you're going up. Because, you know, if you go and you spend a first, second round pick on a trade, and then the next thing you know, you're sitting, you know, four wins out of a wild card spot. Right. It's a pointless. It's you know. it's useless. Yeah, yeah, I mean Toronto lost to the Panthers on Monday night, and they went from third in their division to outside the playoffs. Completely. Right, crazy. And I mean, just things are things are all over the place. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes have like the sixth most wins in the Eastern Conference. They're they're like right up there with. I mean, Vancouver Canucks lead the Pacific Division with thirty wins. Carolina has thirty wins. They're not even. They're not even on the outskirts of the play. Like, I mean, yes, they're on the outskirts, but like, there's a team ahead of them out of the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> and yet they have the same amount of teams as the team leading their division. It's crazy. Saint, even St. Louis, they only have two wins fewer than St. Louis. It just so happens they've only lost three games in overtime instead of Boston's lost twelve games in overtime. Twelve. Boston is. I mean, they're still thirty-two and twenty-two if you consider those losses. Uh, but they're really not much better than some other teams behind them. It just, they have all those overtime losses or shootout losses, and it's uh, definitely propelled them forward. They are actually 0 7 in the shootout, the Bruins. Really? Yes. I don't, you know what? I don't even bother to really look at that stat anymore, but that's crazy to think about. And, you know, that's, 
that's the excitement going into the trade deadline too, because you know this is exactly what what Gary Bettman intended when he tried to create parity within the league. And the great thing is, is now you have you know basically I want to say 20, 25, 24 franchises that honestly think they still have a shot. So fans keep watching, keep I mean, going to games. And, look at how far out Chicago was, and all of a sudden they're knocking on the door. They're three points out of the playoffs. Yeah, now. Minnesota last night pulls off a win right against Chicago. Right? Was it? I think um, they won an overtime. Matt Dumba scoring and. You know they they may not be sellers now because they're right there on the cusp of knocking on the wild card door. Yeah, six points out. I mean, six points is such a tough amount of points to make up. It is, but point. as a GM, when you have to make you know maybe say ten million dollars in playoff revenue to to get you know get out of the black, you're thinking, okay, crap, we're not selling because I want to freaking get in and make yeah. some money. Yeah, you know, it's almost like it's harder to claw back though, and a lot easier to just completely dump the bed. Like Winnipeg is just free falling right now. They're two, seven and one in their last 10 and they find themselves three points out of the playoffs. They're like, they're nowhere to be found in the central division. They're now seven points back for the avalanche. Like it's almost like in the, in that central division, you've got St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, and then everyone else. Like they're seven points up on the next team, which is Nashville. Uh, but it's crazy. The West, the West is uh, shaping up to be very interesting, especially that Pacific Division. Especially so, that Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Did, did anyone expect Vancouver and Edmonton to be at top of that division? I and, remember and, I picked them to be on the playoffs. Arizona. And yeah. Arizona. Well, I did pick Arizona to win the, the well Vegas to win the division, but Arizona to get in. So yeah, I think we both had Arizona getting yeah, in. Yeah, so. I think so. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, you have ranked the top 10 players available in free agency and their co- based on their cost. Right? Yeah. And- I, I mean, for instance, there's guys who are available in free agency, but what I think they'll cost and the value they'll bring to their, you know, team that traded for them basically is how I figured they'd rank. So for instance, you know, um, I, I'll just come out and say it like Chris Kreider, right? He's, he's number one on everybody's trade bait boards, but he didn't make my top 10 list because one, I don't think he'll get traded. And two, I think the, the cost he's going to, you know, it's going to take to pull him out of New York and what I think he'll bring to the team back in return. And then, you know, whether or not he hits, you know, says buy in free agency, just lowered his value in my opinion. So. Yeah. I mean, right now Kreider's playing in a top six role or in a, really in a top line role, top much, power yeah. play minutes. And I mean, he's got 35 points in 50 games. If he gets acquired by a top playoff team, let's, let's just say, Boston try goes out and acquires. Chris they always Ryder. want that kind of guy. Yeah, he he isn't going to play. He might, he'll probably end up in the top six, maybe. But probably, he might, he might but. be more like the top nine, and you know you get to shuffle guys around. But I don't think you get the same kind of production from him. No, absolutely not. And what you have to give up right to yeah to get him. So yeah, that's kind of where I I rank these guys in terms of what they're going to bring back to the team that trades for him. All right. Uh, well, let's get things started. All right. Well, uh, number 10 for me, I've got Jumbo Joe going to Vegas. Wow. Yes. I know it's crazy, right? I think he stays in the Pacific Division, right? I don't think he wants to go all the way over to the East. Did score his 1,500th point last year. He did. Good on him. Um, And even better, I I want a nice little shout out to Alex Ovechkin, two away from 700 on that hat trick. He's making the scoring race very interesting for the the Rocket Richard. uh, But anyways, so Jumbo Joe to Vegas. And all it's going to cost Vegas, in my opinion, is maybe a conditional third rounder. 
And for 2020, when I say conditional, maybe like it bumps up to a second if they make it to the conference finals or win the cup or something, you know. And so, do you think that San Jose is willing to make a move with Vegas? Absolutely. There has been quite hatred think, between those I two teams. Understand it completely. I mean, you go back, you know, two playoff series ago, and you know, you can understand why they don't like each other. But I think, in the case of Joe Thornton, they'll be willing to move him wherever he wants to go. Whatever. And you think him, he'd want to go to the Las I think Vegas Golden? He'd be willing to absolutely, hmm. because one, I think Vegas obviously has a need for sentiment. Right? They've got. Um, you know, Paul Stasny centering the top line right now because Wild Bill Carlson's out. But, you know, behind him, they've got, you know, Christian Stevenson, um, you know, Cody Eakin. So they they have a need for, you know, maybe another playmaker to come in there. Now, while I don't think, you know, Joe's going to play 19 minutes a night anymore, but he could be ideal for their second power play unit, you know, get some some nice minutes in there. He's got guys who score goals around him like Pacioretty and Stone. So he would be, you know, a nice little assist man for them. And I think... Uh, you know, when I when I think about Joe Thornton, what he could possibly bring in terms of veteran leadership as well, I think it, it would be worth kicking the tires on maybe mm-hmm. for a Vegas team that, you know, could use a little success. And, you know, he's got a familiar face there with Peter DeBoer going in there. So, um, you know, it would be interesting. That is true. If I, I think if he's if he's going to move and, and be willing to go somewhere, Peter DeBoer would have to probably be the, the selling point. Hey, go play for a guy who you know respects you. You know will utilize you properly. Uh, that isn't a that isn't a bad thought. Yeah, um, and you have to. I mean, also too with with these lists too, you have to take in consideration. You know, uh, you know cap cap crunches with a lot of these teams too, and so you know a lot of contenders don't have maybe the money they have to move pieces around because they're right up against it. Whereas Vegas, you know, they. I mean, let's face it, with Joe Thornton, probably anybody can find a way to wiggle in sure, two million dollars. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, but I think he would he would fit in well for a team that's that wouldn't mind an upgrade at a center position, and I think he would be an upgrade considering you know maybe not outside of Paul Stasny, but everybody else he would be an upgrade for. Yeah, uh, I just I I don't think Joe Thornton's going anywhere. I think he's going to stay in San Jose. He'll okay. just play out the rest of the year, and and then he'll wait to see what San Jose does in the off season to determine whether or not he'll return there. My assumption is that he retires if they're going to be another dumpster fire type of team. Or the one other place I could see him going is if Toronto, like Toronto just replaces Jason Spezza with Joe Thornton. Like that fourth line center role in Toronto is going to be, I think, like over time as this team, obviously, like you're going to have Matthews and Tavares and Marner and Nylander there for a long time. Who's going to fill in those spots down below? It's going to be local guys, guys who are from Toronto, from that area. They can go back. They can play in the twilight of their career. They don't have a lot of a pressure on them. And they're just, they just go get to go be that secondary piece. I could see that happening. I just don't know if that, I don't know if Thornton would be willing to go to Vegas. I really don't. I, it, I really don't. I well, I don't know. And again, I, you know, I think I, there's a lot of blood. I love, me. yeah. There's, I mean, there's a little bit of bad blood there. But I always love taking like, just teams out of left field making deals because like you hear, like every year I hear Boston's name thrown up with like the same you know type of player, but then this guy ends up going somewhere else, right? You hear about like the four teams, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time that are after this guy, and then he goes to a completely different other team. Which so I love just throwing the you know darts at a board and seeing where it lands and seeing if these deals would fit. 
and you know makes sense. He definitely would fit. Yeah, uh, he definitely would fit. I just think he's he's always been boring in free agency. Right back to the team. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he Stockholm stays in San Jose. Syndrome, but, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, who's number nine? All right, number nine for me is. Uh, a goaltender. We don't see a lot of those move, but I think this team could really use a backup come playoff time because uh, for me, it's Ryan Miller going to Colorado. Okay. All I right. think this would probably only cost them a third or fourth rounder and not even necessarily for this year, but could be next year's third or fourth rounder. So you wouldn't have to, to sacrifice anything big. And I think when you look at Colorado, right, Philip Grubauer, we know the history. He's played a couple playoff games, got the stinky boot. Hope he comes in and, and saves the day. So if you're Colorado going in there, you're thinking, we'd love to have a veteran guy who's been there, who's had experience in the playoffs, and we know Ryan Miller's got plenty of it. And he's putting up good numbers on a stanky team, just a terrible team. And I'm not a huge fan of, of Pavel Francouz. I don't know if he's you know I mean, the ideal backup right now for this he's, team. He's put up pretty fantastic numbers. I'm not hating the numbers. At a 9-2-4 save yeah. percentage, he's... I mean, again, he's, uh, not hating the numbers. nine goals above replacement, but again, 12 and four not, again, not hating the numbers. I just think come playoff time, if Grubauer craps the bet again, like he did in Washington, I think having a veteran guy who has plenty of playoff experience like Ryan Miller would be ideal. He's cheap. And I think you'd bring good value because again, now you can, you know, you can rely on somebody else to go in there and maybe save the series. If you got to play Dallas first round, because you know, that's going to be a, a goaltender's battle, right? When you got to go up against Bishop, now you got to win games two to one. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you now? I know. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll we'll continue in in your on your list, and uh, if if players don't come up, that yeah, there's that, a bunch of players that won't come up for sure. But so okay. you can throw uh, them out there. I want to talk. Yeah. To me, like Colorado, probably not willing to give up anything for Miller when they are when they know that they have a backup who can perform behind them. Like there's just no point in giving up anything, even a third round pick. I wouldn't give up a third round pick from Miller when I know that I have a guy who's just as good in terms of numbers right now. Like Ryan Miller's a name. So so yeah, I think course. that it kind of maybe puts like a well, he's got to be better than this guy who, you know, most of us haven't really watched play. He's 29 years old and this is really the first time that he's been uh, been productive. I just don't think Ryan Miller is the the answer when you already have a reasonable backup. I don't discount though that Ryan Miller could and probably will be moved. Uh, I think right now Frederick Anderson out for the Leafs. Who I we don't know how long it'll be. I think that that to me is that's that is the most likely goaltending move. Uh, maybe you already have a you have a goaltender in mind for the Leafs. Up on number seven, yeah. We'll <laughs> okay. get to that. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> the, to me, that's uh, that's probably at any team in the league that has needs a goalie that is in the playoffs or or close to it. It would be them. Beautiful. All right. Num- number seven. Yeah. Number seven number for me. Eight? No. Yeah. Number eight. Number sorry. Eight. <laughs> I just said number seven. Um, so number eight for me is going to be Sammy Vatanen going to the Carolina Hurricanes. And well, this rich is where richer and the defensive side. Yeah. Well, this is going to cost Carolina a little bit. I'm, I'm saying it's going to cost them at least a first rounder and possibly an addition of a mid to late, you know, pick maybe a, a fourth rounder in 2021, fifth rounder, something well, like that. What if, what if you traded uh, Jake Bean for Sammy Vatnin? just straight up? It's, it's Jersey, a possibility. Would you be willing to do that? I, I think that when you look at 
that um, you know Hayden Fleury is going to need a new contract. He's a RFA. You know Trevor Van Riemsdyk's going to be gone, and I think you know Sammy Vatnin. He he's a right-handed shooter, which I think they they would love to have right now, especially since Dougie Hamilton's pretty much done for the year. I think that would be the ideal choice for them. Uh, you know Jacob Bean maybe, but I, I think boy I don't I just think you could yeah. do it like Jake Bean would just be like all right. We're going straight up. I, I honestly don't hate it now that I really think about it. I, I don't think it's it would be such a bad move. I think it would be cheaper for Carolina to do uh, because, let's face it, they've got a lot of you know talent on, on the back end, but I think they would rather have an established guy. So moving a guy like Bean wouldn't really hurt them short term. Maybe longer term it might be you know not the greatest thing. but Yeah, he, he hasn't been able to, uh, to really find his way up to the National Hockey League. He's only 21, though. Yeah, I, I wonder if if you're Carolina though, you're you're looking at it. I guess you have to, you have to decide: is Carolina like why are you making that move? Because right now they're they're a win outside the playoffs. Uh, I think that they probably should be a playoff team. We're we're starting to see you know how things are shaking out in that that metro, and it looks like the three teams that are up there right now are going to be up there like. It's Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus, New York, and then there's going to be one other team who's vying for that spot. And that may be Philadelphia, Carolina, and then Toronto and Florida. You've got four teams probably battling for one playoff spot. Maybe two if you consider the you've got the third spot in the Atlantic. But Yeah, and I, I know Carolina really wants to replace somebody on the back end for Dougie Hamilton. And I think that would make yeah. Yeah. And it would make sense. And I think maybe I mean, honestly, when you look at you hear teams like Pittsburgh, Florida right now, they're looking for somebody else to play alongside, you know, Aaron Eckblad. Uh, they just can't seem to find anybody who can just fit in there. So they're looking for a defenseman. And I think Carolina, if they strike quick and strike hot, you know, they can get their season back on track because, I mean, Mrazek's looking, you know, average right now. And, you know, I think maybe getting another really good puck moving defenseman, a guy who's a right handed shot would be would be great for Carolina and might put him over the top. All right. I don't hate it. All right. and, and and New Jersey would definitely they don't give a they don't care who they trade with right now. Yeah, because so. he's he's trade walking after the, the division, season anyways. So yeah, do you think he's gone after the season? Oh yeah, yeah. Vatnin will leave. He's he's a UFA. There's no reason to stick around at Jersey unless they offer him just a ridiculous well, amount might. of money. They might. They don't have anybody else on the back end. They so really don't. They might be willing to give him six. To stay. I think he'll get six even if he hits the open market because he's a righty. Yeah, it'll. De- I mean, he's been in New Jersey a couple years now, three years. I mean, look, Tyler, uh, Tyler Myers got a, you know, five plus million dollars and I'd take Vatnin over Tyler Myers. Any working day. out for Tyler Myers. I know Vancouver it is. right now. <laughs> and okay. Uh, let's go to your number seven. Number I assume seven. it's a goaltender. Yeah, We talked goaltender. Uh, this one to me is probably one of my favorite trades because I really like this. This guy is a backup and that's Jack Campbell going to Toronto. Jack Campbell. Okay. Yes. A guy you who don't has, hear. Who has another year left on his deal, I believe. He's got, yeah, another year after this season at 1.6. So not a ton of money, right? Um, you know, and I, I I think it's more than, he's. oh, I'm sorry, two seasons after this. Yeah, two, Look, okay, yeah. yeah. He signed an extension, yeah. He did. So, but again, I, I think this is, when you have an organization like Ellie that's that's at the bottom, they're looking to sell off assets where they can, right? And we've heard Jonathan Quick's name pop up, you know, during the course of the year. But Ellie's got a really good prospect goaltender you know by the name of Cal Peterson who's supposed to be like the next big thing and I believe he will be however I I think right now you can't try to I think it would be best maybe if you get him in some time splitting games you know maybe 
not necessarily this season or because he is twenty five. Yeah, you know, he's not like a twenty year old prospect coming up at this point. It's you got to get him in like, there. You got yeah, because you've got three years left with this guy before you decide whether or not he's gone or not. Right. And Same I, with himself. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to have a three headed monster like New York. I at least I don't think LA wants to go that route. Um, so to me, I think Jack Campbell, who has shown he can put up decent numbers on a really crappy LA team, you know, going to Toronto, it, I think all this might cost. You know, Toronto is maybe a a, a 2021 third rounder, maybe a late draft pick from but if, for this if year. You're LA, why would you trade your really your starting goaltender for a third round pick? Well, they've got Quick, right? He's their starting goaltender, and they got to make room for you know Cal Peterson to come in. So. You know, out of those three guys, who are you going to trade, and who's more likely to to be traded? And that's Jack Campbell because most teams can fit in his cap hit at one point six. And I think you know, if like I said, if Toronto sends back you know those couple draft picks and sends Hutchinson back with him, they can find the room to squeeze him in there. Well, and if and, see, I just I don't know if LA would be willing to trade Campbell for peanuts. Well, then maybe you throw in a prospect in I, there. See, I'm so. thinking that to me. The guy who is on Toronto who is expendable is is Kapanen. No, I would trade Johansson or Johnson first. I don't know. I I like. Yes, he is. He's paid a little bit more. He's signed for a little bit more term. He's a little bit older. Yeah, uh, Johansson can score goals. Kapanen has not really proven that he is. He's probably not a guy who's gonna like score twenty for you consistently. I mean, he scored twenty last year. And and this year he's got ten. Johnson's been he's been hurt much of the year, and uh, and just kind of coming back. Uh, he is a guy who's scored twenty goals twice now. Well, no, sorry, he's once scored, for the Marlies, but one. yeah, he's. He, I think he's more of a pure goal scorer though than Kapanen is. Kapanen showed he can't play up in the lineup. Like when he's been put on the lineup with Matthews, he looks lost. When he's put on that third line, he looks real good. It's now could he move into the top six for some other teams? Probably. Uh, the problem with Toronto is they don't really have a second line; they have two first lines. So I mean, it's either you're playing with Matthews and Nylander, or Matthews and Marner, or Tavares and Nylander. You know, so I think, and and also the fact that he plays on the left side, where Marner and Nylander both play on the right. I think that's where that's why you keep Janssen around. He can score. He's proven that, and he can uh, he can play on the left side. Whereas Kapanen, he's he's kind of entered these different dry spells, and he's. I mean, I guess when all is said and done, I'd like to keep both of them, but they're both paid around the same three point four, three point two million. Yep. And when you look at their cap situation, they're probably the guys. One of them probably isn't going to fit long term, based on everything else that you've got. So. He wouldn't be a bad guy to move, but if you're going to move Kapanen, it's probably not going to be for a 28-year-old goaltender. No, absolutely not. No, that's why I say the picks have to come into play, uh, you know, from next year. But but also the Leafs don't have a lot of picks. No, and that's why I say, like, for instance, you know, the third-round pick next year, you you dish that, right? And then maybe they've got a lot of late-round picks this season, so maybe you dish one of those, like a sixth-round pick, because uh, you've got plenty of those, and those yeah. are, you know, hit or misses in terms of sure. NHL players, so... Yeah, it'll be. I, I now it's all going to depend on how long Frederick Anderson's out. Absolutely, and that would cha- like to me that changes who I want who I'd want to bring in. Like, 
obviously everybody's talking about maybe Georgiev is a little higher higher up on your list. Oh, his price would be a lot more for sure. Well, it'd be Kapanen. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. You got to yeah, give absolutely. up a, a roster player, probably somebody who you could like. Kapanen's twenty three years old. He's locked in for three years. He's a decent price. The problem with bringing in Georgiev is that he's a RFA at the end of the year. So what's he going to want? He's probably going to want pretty similar money to what Kapanen's making. He's probably going to want $3 million for a couple years on like a prove-it contract. Especially Which, if he comes in and then he's, quote unquote saves your season. Well, then he's another backup too. Like, is he going to want to, like, is he going to want to say, no, I like, I deserve four and a half. Like I can, I've proven I can be a starter now. Yeah. He and then you got to convince Freddie Anderson, like, Hey, can, are you cool doing like the 40 and 40? Like a lot of these, well, you're not going to pay both guys like that. No, not at all. You can't, they can't afford to, the Leafs can only afford to pay one goalie and the other goalie's <laughs> going to need to make Jack Campbell money. So I yep. mean, you're, uh, the, the thinking isn't wrong. Uh, Jack Campbell may be a good fit. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll be in terms up, of salary. Yeah. Upfront and on a spoiler alert, uh, Gorgiev not getting moved in my opinion. So go wait to the offseason. Yes, I do. Absolutely. And they really have no reason to deal him unless they get a first round pick. I would deal him for a first round pick. Absolutely. Hands down. And no one's going to do that. Probably not. Because the teams that have first round picks to, to boot probably don't want to deal. No. Not yeah, yet. They because, don't want to deal a first round pick for a backup goaltender. Right. And and then the other problem is too is, you know, I think first round picks are going to be harder to to swindle from teams because one, everybody's so close in those wild card spots right now. You know, you go on it. You you deal that first rounder pick, and now you you lose a couple. Boom, you're out of it, and now it's a lottery pick. You're screwed. Very true. So, and you could protect it. But. You could absolutely. So, okay, uh, let's go to number six. Six staying in L.A. Tyler Tufoli getting moved with a fifth round pick, in my opinion, to Pittsburgh for a 2021 first rounder. The Kings and the the Penguins have made moves before. They have, yeah. And for another guy by the name of. Tanner Pearson, who yeah. Yeah. is doing pretty good in Vancouver, actually, but yeah. um, didn't yeah. remain in Pittsburgh. But I think okay, so we we know Jake Gensel is done for the year, and so Pittsburgh's looking for scoring, right? They need it, and I don't think they're gonna. You know, right now I know their top trade target. They've been eyeing uh, what's his face Zucker out of Minnesota, but to be quite honest, I think with terms still on his deal, I think Minnesota's best bet is to wait until the off season when you know cap opens up a little bit more for some of these teams and then they can they can pry a little bit more out of you know out of teams you know maybe get that first rounder that they really want and maybe a nice little prospect uh to to go along with it but with Pittsburgh I think because they're going to swing and miss with a guy like Zucker in my opinion the next best the next best scorer available is Tyler Tufoli. And so I think that's why he's going to cost the first rounder albeit maybe next year's because Pittsburgh you know, doesn't have a second, so I don't think they're going to give up a first rounder for this season unless they, they feel like this is it. We're going all in. I mean, yeah, if you're but, Pittsburgh at the same time, this really is. <laughs> how many more of these the windows closed do you have? Yeah, where you're like, I mean, they're they have been riddled with injuries, and yet they are very secure in terms of being in the playoff. You know, they're uh, Carolina's eight points behind them, so it's gonna it would be. Very unlikely that they miss the playoffs, especially the way they've been going right now. Uh, it doesn't look like they'll catch Washington, but they're not. Honestly, they're two games in hand. You win both those games, they're suddenly they're two points back of first place in that division. It's crazy to think about. But I don't. I just don't see Washington. Washington will go look in the look in the rearview mirror and go, okay, time to time to turn it on again. Right, we've been we open. Open. I don't think Washington wants to play. Uh, 
They definitely don't want to play Pittsburgh in the first round. Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will say Pittsburgh does have a nice little trade chip, uh, UFA coming up, who does make my list a little later by the name of Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, not hasn't really been a great fit in Pittsburgh, but kind of one of those names. Right. Like Someone's going to think that maybe they can turn him into something, but, man, the guy is just... It's like he somehow got worse. I don't know how. <laughs> 17 points in 43 games for Galchenyuk and had every opportunity to like be their third line center, to be on the wing with Malkin, be on the wing with Crosby. Like There was so many injuries that he had every chance to go up and, and grab that mantle, and he just never has. So, uh, well, let's uh, let's... I, I agree. Pittsburgh, definitely, they'll make a move. Like, Jim Rutherford, he's not going to sit back and just let this team go into the playoffs the way that they are, even though they're playing really well. Uh, he, I'm sure, is not afraid to make a move. Yeah, <laughs> He's shown that before. Not to mention the fact that he's an older guy. We don't know how much longer Rutherford is going to manage this team. So I think you just got to kind of go all in. Like At this point, let's say the, the Penguins make the playoffs and they lose in round one. Rutherford is probably looking at like, if you do this again, you're fired. Or they may just go another direction outright anyways. I know they won the cup. It's crazy to think that. They won the cup two years in a row, and it was only two two seasons ago that they last won the cup. Well, three, three yeah. cups ago that they last won the cup. But, you know, you look at it and you go, all right, we haven't we haven't even gotten out of the first round uh, but one season. They get out. The year after they won the cup, they got out of the first round. They lost to Washington. Yep. And then the following year. They get swept by the Islanders. They get swept. And if they go into the first round again and they lose again, Eesh. is Rutherford, is somebody going to go, look, we don't have much longer with Sidney Crosby. Let's get somebody new in here to like kind of reset, hit the reset. It's when button. you fire the know. coach and save another season for your, your employment. But. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Mike Sullivan, boy, he would be. He would be nabbed up in a hurry. Oh, absolutely. Okay, uh, who's your number five? Yeah, number five for me. Uh, we're yeah, we're in the top five. So, uh, my hometown team, the Detroit Red Wings, dealing Andre Athanasiu and Trevor mm. Daly to Edmonton, and in return they get Jesse Puliarvi and a third round pick. Wow. Yes. Okay. Athanasiu Puliarvi. Do you so? Uh, okay, I'll say this. On the one hand, you are a Detroit Red Wings fan, so the deal in my mind is a little bit lopsided in the direction of of Detroit getting. You think so? Getting much more potential. Like, I, well, I will we agree. There's more potential, is. but I think the trade value is low right now for a guy like Puliarvi, who can, who is totally comfortable being yeah, the but, leading scorer in Sweden and just but hanging people, out. But people tried to to pry him at the beginning of the year, and they Ken did. Holland said, "Eh, it's fine." But I don't need. I don't Steve Eiserman need to take those. And it they are friends. Yeah, they're the old assistant GM to Kenny Holland. And, and his old team. Yep. And Stevie's shown he can, you know, I mean, Frick, look what he did. He he flipped, you know, uh, De, De La Rose for Robbie Fabry. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he can just, he can do that. So, and I, I was reading a thing from the Oilers beat writer, Jim Matheson, who, uh, not necessarily an insider, but he he did state that, um, you know, trading for Pugliari's rights, you know, would be a great move for Detroit because one, Anthony C. just hasn't really panned out, right? He's um, 
you know, he's been tried at center. He's been tried on the wing, and I, I just don't think there's enough talent outside of, you know, Detroit's big three of Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin to really help him out to succeed. So I think going to a team like Edmonton would be a great fit because, one, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be would be great to have, you know, him on his wings. I think that would give them a little bit more depth in terms of where they can shuffle him in his top nine, and he still has people to play with. But then, too, I mean, it gives you options if you're Edmonton because now you you might consider splitting up Drysaddle and McDavid a little bit. Um, and now you've got a guy who can skate really, really well. I don't well. think they're going to do that. But, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's Again. the only reason why they are where they are. But And I don't think Athanasiu... But I, I'll agree with you. Athanasiu is... Of course, he's a guy that they could put into their top nine. Easy. Yeah. He is a... Wow. He can go I, up and down the lineup, and I think he's capable of you know having potential to, to, to skate with these guys, right? I mean, obviously, Zach Cassian's been, for some reason, the only winger that seems to work with McDavid outside of Dreisaitl, and so... But he's he's signed for a good minute now. Yeah, he's got, I think, four years for, like, three-ish million or something like that. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, good on him. Um, But I think from a Detroit standpoint, right, it's it's obviously not working out with Anthony and I think, you know, he's an RFA, and I think that's why it might cost, you know, a guy like Pooley-Arvey. And let's face it, Edmonton could always use a little bit of help on the back end, and so Trevor Daly would be a nice veteran guy to go in there, you know, maybe take some minutes from the younger guys like Ethan Bear, um, you know, who maybe aren't, um, you know, ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't hate the idea of Daly to the Oilers. So he seems to be, he would be a decent fit there, I think. Um, could play in your, your bottom pairing, but also yep. could move up into the top four if, if you really needed him to. Uh, the and, and I don't think there'd be a danger in... Athanasiu like being an issue re-signing him. I mean, you just you're not going to bring back Sam Gagne probably, and he's paid three million dollars. Athanasiu isn't going to get much more than that, uh, no, unless you know if he comes into Edmonton and were to tear it up, and he might be able to get three and a half, three eight, or something like that if he signed a long term deal. But if he goes on fire, he's sure. a, he's a less than four million dollar player, and that just that just is who he is. Uh, he also leads the league in plus minus. Plus, <laughs> he leads it in the bad way, oh, minus thirty eight right now. Terrible. Uh, not that that stat is super telling. Really, all it tells us is that his team's really bad, which it is, and so is you know. And he, the amazing thing is, like Philpola, he's next minus thirty seven. Yet Athanasiu only played in thirty seven games. <laughs> he's more than a minus one per game. He's just he's. Ugh. Ugh. Had some bad luck. Yeah, just yes, and and that is that. Of course, is part of it. Uh, but he just he doesn't look as he doesn't look as dynamic as he once did, and and that could just be change of scenery. The honestly, team is is better, yeah. but he's so fast, and you got to yeah. He maybe maybe he could fit in with uh, maybe not necessarily McDavid and and uh, Drysaitel on that top line, but can he drop down and play with Nugent Hopkins and James create, Neal? Create and, a dynamic second line. Yeah. That'd be solid for them. Okay, let's go to your number four. Yeah, number four, um, J.G. Peugeot from the Ottawa Senators. I, I, a guy who's probably going to be the top center, in my opinion, maybe moved at the deadline. Um, he's going to go to New York, who I think could really use a third-line center. Now, he's playing first-line center minutes in Ottawa, right? But I, honestly, I think because of J.G. Peugeot's two-way game, his ability to win draws, kill penalties – and still score some goals, right? I think he's on pace for between like 25 and 30 goals this season. So I think given all that... Yeah, he's already got 20. Yeah, it's it's going to cost Ottawa probably... I'm sorry, it's going to cost the New York Islanders probably a second and third rounder to get it done. But I think, honestly, they, they're 
I think they're like the lowest scoring team in the playoffs right now. And they could they could really use some I goal can't scoring. see Ottawa giving them up for less than a first round pick. You don't think so? Honestly. A twenty goal scorer at the fifty game mark, he's basically on pace to score thirty. No like without much without much effort over the next thirty two games. My assumption is that he's going to get another 10 I goals. I think that's... Well, I think... So there's a 30-goal score, and you're going to trade him for a second and a third-round pick? See, I think... Mm. Here's my thought process behind that, because I think, yeah, Ottawa wants to get a first-round pick, and he, you know, maybe could garner it, but again, he's going to go play a third-line role somewhere. He's not getting... It, there's, it's going to be rare if you're going to go to a team maybe outside of Winnipeg, where you could come in and play, you know, top six minutes, but... Yeah, Winnipeg's not going to give up anything this yeah, season. They're they're exactly. they're looking at this year and probably thinking like, well, if we don't make the playoffs, it's fine. But they're like, they're not going to make any big moves, right? Exactly. Now, especially trying to terminate Bufflin's contract. Like they're more, it's next year. Like this year is kind. Of, it's kind of one of those like fluke years. They'll their plan, I'm sure, is to be back next year. Absolutely. If they make the playoffs, so, great. Yeah, and so again, I I think because you know you're only going to get a third line center out of this guy now in. In, in New York, he could probably come up and play second-line minutes. He could play third-line minutes. You don't know. But they need guys that can score. And I think even though Ottawa wants a first-round pick for him, I think because there's so many teams that you know lose a couple of games, they're out of the playoffs, they're not going to give up those first-rounders. And I think for a guy who could potentially walk at the end of the year, I think eventually Ottawa's going to cave in and say, okay, crap, we'll just take the second and third-rounder. Here you go. My opinion. All right. Uh, yeah, I... Now, while the Islanders would definitely be a a good fit, I think a first-round pick is what it's going to take because I think that there'll be other teams willing to go all-in for a guy like J.G. Pagio. I will say there there are going to be quite a few teams that will try to go after him. Last time he made the playoffs, too, Pajot, like basically made a name for himself. I, that's kind of what, you know, that was his coming-out party was the, what, the 2016 playoffs and where they lost to Pittsburgh in Game 7, and he was just unbelievable through the first three rounds and you know i'm looking at different teams across the league that could use a guy who could show like not only can he play center he can play the wing so you can have him play the wing in on five on five and then you can have him kill penalties you can have taken face-offs in the on a penalty kill i mean you you know the florida panthers they're a team that could afford to give up their first round pick they've made a lot of good picks I mean, Owen Tippett is just ripping it up right now. They, they're, they've they done well drafting to where I think they could sacrifice a first-round pick for a guy like Pajot who might come to Florida and go, damn, I want to play here. I mean, <laughs> this is awesome. It's not a bad spot to land, I'll tell you that they, right now. They've got the cap space to bring him in. I mean, he could be a good replacement for Mike Hoffman if Hoffman decides to leave at the end of this year. And now maybe some of that depends on – I don't know what the relationship is with Hoffman. I know a lot of guys were a little bit estranged with Hoffman when he left Ottawa because of the Eric Carlson stuff, but I feel like that's it's at least far enough removed, and Pajot wasn't really a centerpiece on that team, so I, I don't know how, how important that is. Uh, I just think there's so many other teams that may be willing to give up more than just a couple picks. No, not that a second and a third round pick are insignificant. No, absolutely not, but... Maybe if you were trading for a guy who is a pure, like, yeah, he's going to play my third line center and he is a third line center. Like a Nick Benino? Yeah, give a second and a third round pick or just a second. But Peugeot has proven that he can he can get it done. Now, he isn't a first line center, 
he's playing a first line. Sure. He's playing a first line role, but he, I think he's proven that he can, he'll put up numbers wherever he is in your lineup. And if you can get him next to somebody with ex- some serious talent, not that he's, you know, he's playing alongside Brady Kachuk sometimes. And, but you get him consistently going with a team that not only do they have some, uh, some talent up top, but they have depth throughout their lineup. So they're not getting focused on so heavily. Uh, I think that he could be very effective, uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, let's move to number three. Yeah. Number three is my favorite defenseman. That's going to get moved here at the deadline. That's Brendan Dillon. And you know what? I, there are a lot of teams that are going to want his services. I mean, we've talked about them, Pittsburgh, Florida. I think there's going to be a ton of teams that are going to be bidding for him. But well, apparently I think, Boston has inquired about him yep. and Toronto has acquired. Absolutely. Acquired and I don't see why not, but I do think the one team in my opinion that could use his services probably more than any of those other teams. And that might be willing to give up said first rounder. If, um, if they get back into the pitcher, maybe win a few games and that's the Winnipeg jets for me. That is true. Yeah. Yes. The jets desperately need a defenseman. And I say, you know, part of their package, I think what it's going to cost them to get them, you know, you might have to give up that first rounder, but I think there's going to be a lot of conditions and whether they you give resign up. them. Yes, then, yeah. absolutely. Because, you know, if Bufflin's contract gets terminated, they're going to have cap space next year. You know, they've got Kulikov coming off the books. So now they've got a ton of money where they could give this guy, you know, he's only making $3 million now. Now maybe next year you give him a four-year deal at five mil each, you know, per season. Yeah, but do you really want to pay a guy who is like, I mean, he's never had more than 22 points in a season. No, and he's not a big point producer and never will be. He's not a big point producer. He's always played in the, like, Usually he's been a middle lane defenseman. Third pairing, yeah. sometimes number four, number pairing. five guy. But he's solid defensively. I love his game. And again, I, I wouldn't give him a ton of term, but again, I think as a rental, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna cost somebody a lot of money or a lot of a lot of picks, you know, per se. So we'll we'll see how that, that pans out for him. I, I again I like his game, but you know, I I think maybe when you when it comes to re signing him, you know, you just gotta gotta be a little careful how much money in term you give this guy. Yeah, I mean, you look at his uh, his fancy stats, and he's fancy stats. His uh, he well, he is having his worst year in terms of like a Corsi possession. So is everybody else in San Jose, uh, <laughs> right? Right, and he still is a fifty one three in Fenwick, and uh, his PDO is is ninety seven point four. So it's not like crazy things are happening for him on the ice. Uh, he's mostly 50 50 in terms of his offensive and defensive zone starts yeah i mean he's he's a guy that you'd be willing to bring in but to pay to overpay for him would be foolish in my mind like in my mind brendan Dillon is what he is he's a three and a half million dollar guy maybe on the open market he gets four but i i don't know maybe if you sign him to like a two-year deal you might be able to i guess justify overpaying a little bit but uh, Brendan Dillon, I think, just is kind of he—he's not exactly pushing the needle in your direction. Like it's—it's it's clear. Yes, he has okay fancy stats, but who is on the ice with him the majority of the time? Brent Birds or Eric Carlson? You know, so it's—it yeah. it definitely is—is is helping him. And sure, he can now. Maybe there's a there's a fit for uh, for Ekblad in in Florida. And Ekblad's yeah, he absolutely. shoots right, Dylan shoots left. You can bring him into Florida and put him alongside. He's proven he can play alongside other very talented defensemen, and he can kind of be that guy who 
you're, you know, he's not going to leave his zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's staying behind. So maybe you can, you can find a partner for Ekblad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think he would be a great fit in Florida too, for sure. And I think Florida's at the point because you've got Dad and Off and Hoffman, you know, coming off the books this season. Who knows if they're going to well, resign either I one of I think they're going to make a move. So yeah, you could, yeah. you could go all in and maybe, yeah. you know, spend problem, a little bit more. Problem is they don't really have any cap space at all. No. Like, but you zero. could send something back and, you know, maybe Florida gets you, a little... You would send back probably Mark Pizik or... Oh, Pizik had a great night. Yeah, I think he had a hat trick the he other did. night. Yeah. <laughs> be hard to send him away. But yeah, I mean, you're as far as defensemen go, you're kind of locked in here with Ekblad, Yandel, Strawman, and Matheson all getting basically around five or six million a piece, um, give or take. But yeah, it's... I, I And it's not like you're trading... You're not gonna you're not gonna deal any of your UFAs, so to no, find think, that money is. I think Florida's got enough money in terms of deadline space. I think what they've uh, got, they have their deadline space one hundred and forty. That's it, really? 000. Oh my gosh! Never yeah, mind. so that's that's that. what I'm saying is that they're gonna have to <laughs> they're gonna have to deal someone, or like okay, if San Jose eats half of Dylan's contract, which would put him at about would it would put him at well one point one point nine million. Right. Uh, but even then, you still gotta you still gotta dump somebody a Frank Vitrano or something like that, uh, just to get back under the cap in order to make a move. So that would be, I guess, Florida's tough point is that yeah. unless they were to go and deal Mike Hoffman for another player who wanted to sign there or something that you know, maybe we finally get a three way trade, a hey. three team trade. I mean, or you know, you just be sneaky and you just like. Uh, San Jose, you know, just make that three-way trade that you don't know. Oh, about. with Vegas when they took some cap space yeah. and yeah, or yeah. Pittsburgh and yeah, yeah, that was Pittsburgh. Uh, okay, let's go to number two. Number two. All right, we speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who I think can provide a lot of value at a very low cost, and so I think this this scenario to me would be super fun to to happen, but I. Honestly, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Back but to Arizona? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for Taylor Hall, right? Um, <laughs> um, what if? Tampa Bay. Okay. Tampa okay. Bay. I know Alex Galchenyuk has a little bit of money on his cap hit, but I think in terms of deadline space, Tampa's got the room to do it. And I think, honestly, it's, it's a low-cost, high-reward situation because, one, you're going to surround him with a lot of talented guys, right? He could slot him very nice on a second, third-line player, wing or center, you know, because they've got plenty of those on both sides. And then you can throw him on the second power play unit. He can eat up, you know, minimal minutes for for that kind of, you know, cost that it's going to take. And I think, um, you know, maybe mid, mid to late round picks, maybe a couple of maybe a fifth and a seventh. If and you're Pittsburgh, why in God's name would you do that? Because he's walking, he's leaving. He's only he's playing on your fourth line right now in Pittsburgh. He's doing nothing for you. You know, it at this point, yeah. it's better to get something in return. Get maybe you space. get maybe you get a fourth line. Yeah, and especially considering you know they want to add you know up front in terms of their top six. So now you've got to move cap space if, out. If you're Tampa Bay, are you willing to give up any roster player, Anthony Sorelli? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you throw him up there, but you know, again, I I think Patrick Maroon, who's playing wing on the third line right now, is better suited on a fourth line role. So now you can throw Galchenyuk in his spot, and that'd be fantastic. I think it would work out great for Tampa Bay. I mean, the, the rich get richer, in my opinion. But all right, now let me let me propose uh, a similar deal to what you had spoken about before. Okay, uh, this time involving the Detroit Red Wings. What if the Red Wings were to acquire Galchenyuk, sign him to a deal? 
Like all this is predicated on, hey, come here, assign sign trade. a deal, and we will, well, not assign a trade, but just agree to a, an extension uh, as a part of the deal. Okay. So he signs an extension to stay in Detroit. You just sign like a two-year extension at like three million bucks. They say you're gonna like you're gonna have every opportunity to play on the top line. Like you're gonna for sure be in our top six. You can be a part of the solution. There's no pressure here. We're like we're not trying to win the Stanley Cup next year. Come in and be a part of our solution. And in return, they they send Athens to to Pittsburgh. That's a little bit tougher in my opinion because I think there's you can't do a. I promise to sign kind of, you know, you extension. Yeah, you can. You Guy sure? signs an extension before he gets moved. Yeah. No, right. yeah, you do a sign and trade. Well, no, yeah, yeah, he no, he just agrees to the extension. Like my uh um what's his name? Oh gosh, Mark Stone basically did that. He he sat down with Vegas and said, oh, "Yes, I'll sign yeah, an yeah. extension." Okay, I, I got, they I didn't understand technically what sign it until he was traded, and it was actually about like it's a, a verbal week agreement after. But he said, "I'm willing to sign. Okay. I want to sign here. Yes, let's do it." Like you need to have something ready to go. I I, I yeah, I got you now. Okay, um, my only disagreement with that is is I think he's going to get some decent money on the free agent market, not a ton. Um, but I think that opportunity for him to go out. You think Galchenyuk is going to get these? No, I think he's still going to get what Detroit would have maybe given him that three and a half, four million ish in that range. Yeah, and I think he'll probably get that on the open market because he's still know, young. Dude. I think that his, like, you think about it. He was in Montreal. Yeah, he faltered in Montreal. So he they was send, okay. he was still a 40, 50 point guy though. And then they go, all right, you need to change the scenery. We understand. Send him to Arizona. Things clearly didn't work out in Arizona, but the team wasn't great. System wasn't. Yeah, you know, maybe fitting to him. Right. Let's send him to Pittsburgh. He can play with a great player, or he can be a third line guy behind those guys. He's sheltered. He gets sheltered minutes, and he completely drops the ball. He can't play in their system at all. Oh no, he he is a guy who needs some talent around. Fourth, him. like there's not too many fourth chances at, <laughs> at a high le- a high dollar level. Like some team may be willing, you know. Any team is going to sign Galchenyuk to a one-year, $1.8 million deal and, and give him the opportunity. Well, I think he's he's going to be a two-year deal at the max, but I think that opportunity to go pick the team you want, you know, maybe he takes less money, takes $2.5 million to go play for a contender, right? Or a team like maybe Winnipeg who can still give him some decent minutes and they have a shot at a cup. Okay. So, All right, and on to number one. Yeah, number one is... It's it's a doozy, and I think so. We've we've talked about Anaheim a little bit in terms of, um, you know, on previous shows where they're they're willing to eat a little bit of cap money per se to uh, to make a big move, you know, because yep. let's they face have it, come out and said yep, that, yeah, yeah, they've they've come out and said that. So I think you're going to see um, Andre Kasha, maybe with a mid round fourth, you know, maybe like a fourth round pick, go to a team called the Boston Bruins. And I think in return, Boston's going to send a first-round pick for this year, maybe a second or third-round pick for next year, David Backus, and then they're going to need a prospect in there too. And I think maybe a defenseman ah. like like Jakob Zaboril, Zaboril or okay. you know, what's-his-face. Because okay. I think it's it's going to cost them a little bit to get cap, you know, Backus's $6 million off the books. And I think in return they get a guy, Andre Kasha, who's a right-handed shot, who they really need for their second line. And he's a great – he's a good two-way player. So now you've got a guy who fits in well in a system like you know Boston that expects you to back check and play good defense, but yet he's a righty. He can shoot. He can play top six minutes. 
Yeah, and, and, and uh, at the end of his deal, he's still an RFA. Exactly. So got one one year left of RFA money, and then then you UFA. Yeah. So if you're Anaheim now, you get a really good defensive prospect out of it, right? With a Zabor Zaboral and a first round pick, and, and a first round yeah. pick, and so now you've got some some building blocks to go along with, you know, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, or however long you decide this rebuild's going to take. Yeah, and Boston loses that six million dollar anchor of David Backus in the. Yeah, the and I right think now. the value is is a no brainer for me if you're Boston, but you know because they've always been trying to get another winger to play top six minutes with, uh, you know David Krejci, and now you can you can move a guy like Charlie Coyle around yeah. a little bit. You can hit, put him on the third line, you can put him on the second line, wherever you want. Yeah, probably lets you uh, more easily bring back Tory Krug, get a and high dollar amount. Yep, exactly, and, and that's the other thing. Now that six million bucks is off the books, and you can sign Tory Krug. Yeah, Boston's going to look real interesting here, and in like, at the end of next year when they lose. Krejci, and you're looking at like extending Patrice Bergeron, perhaps, and you've like you no longer have they'll no longer have Chara, probably not in two years. Yeah, well, he's not making any money, so it doesn't really matter. Rask will be a free agent. Boston's about to look real different. Yeah, that'll be interesting. This is probably their year to win the cup. Like, if there's any team that should Columbus it and like all the chips to the middle, it's probably Boston. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it too. They keep going at this pace. They don't have to face Tampa Bay or Toronto first round, so they can maybe skate away playing a team like Philly, New York, you Carolina, know, who you can probably run right through. Well, I mean, honestly, Toronto. Well, yeah, Toronto you've got to play in Toronto a, in a wild card spot. My God, that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> no be. matter what they do, they just can't <laughs> help but play each other. That would be hilarious. I would love to see that series again. Um, yeah. So if you're Boston, why not? Yeah, like you said, pull Columbus. All in at this point because I think your path to the the cup is a little bit easier this year. Probably, I would think yeah, probably. So do it. All right. Well, there are the top ten trades. I will say uh, there's there's a probably a couple guys that I would at least consider. Guys, yeah, I know we didn't talk about Chicago, move. right? They've got their goaltending situation. Right. That got, they but can but move right now guys. they're rolling so so well. Yeah, uh, you got to think that they have a shot. Like they have to be thinking we could do something here. And, and Hey, if there's a team who might be willing to, to work something, it's probably the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, maybe it takes one of those goaltenders. It takes moving one of them in order to open up enough cap space to be able to do anything. But at the same time, their deadline cap space, they've got 13 million of it available because of the, the long-term injuries to, to Seabrook and to Calvin DeHaan. So they, they definitely could be, a surprise team. However, there's no way they're giving up a first round pick. Not a chance. Not like no. I'm not sure no. they'd love to make the playoffs, but they also aren't foolhardy to know that. Well, you yeah, we're, think long term. We're gonna face St. Louis in the first round, and we're probably gonna get our ass handed to us. <laughs> it just is what it is. But to make the playoffs, I think w- would be an important step for this team to go. All right, some of the moves that we've made have worked, like Dylan Strom and Kirby Doc, and uh, uh, whom I think Adam Boakvist. That yeah. our first round picks, these guys who who we've spent time developing, uh, are actually coming into their own and and reshaping our team. And so it would be a big thing if they could get into the playoffs, win a couple games. It could be a big boost to uh, to confidence of, of their team. Yeah, and Nashville too. There's another team that's got a lot of pieces. Uh, you know, Michael Granlin's in a UFA after this season. He's had a, a couple sixty point seasons in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who else they got? Um, got Rocco. Grimaldi, he's, I mean, he's put up 26 points in 50 games, so not too bad. He's a nice little 
bottom six piece if you want that. They've got Kyler Turris that might need to move. You know, I mean, they've got they've got some pieces they could they could tool around with, especially if they you know lose a couple more games here. Yeah, uh, I think a couple other guys that could see moving. Wayne Simmons is one. Although he didn't yep. like being a he he came out and said I hated being traded at the deadline. It was awful. He doesn't get a choice. So. That might deter some teams though. Uh, but at the same time, maybe a team like the Islanders. Maybe it's not so much of like a it's not so hard to move from Jersey to sure, to yeah. the island. You know. Uh, also, we talked a lot about Detroit. We never Mike mentioned Mike Green. I do think that Mike Green is a guy who will probably be moved now. Yeah, they won't get what they're hoping out of him in terms of return, but I think they'll they'll still move. And, him. Well, and Detroit's probably going to have to eat half of his salary in order to to make it happen. But he he would be a guy to bring in, put on your second power play unit, play on your fourth, fifth, sixth uh, right. defenseman. And, yeah, for a, a third round pick, I mean, it wouldn't be bad for a team to take kick the tires on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah, just uh, just a couple weeks. Uh, we will obviously stay abreast to all the rumors. Um, although, oh, sorry. One other thing. There is a possibility, I think, that Arizona trades Taylor Hall. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And that that would be probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened in free, in the, at the trade <laughs> a deadline. A superstar getting moved if a couple he times. He moved twice. Yeah. Like, he's gone in there, and he's just has not looked good. And maybe that's you know. just the Arizona curse. You can't be a good player and go play there. <laughs> Like Kessel hasn't even looked good either. No, he hasn't either. Just trade them both. Trade both Kessel and Hall at the deadline. Just trade them both to the same team. (laughs) Hall's gonna go sign in Calgary anyways. It's it's John Tavares all over again. Oh my god, he'll sign in Calgary. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, fairly certain that in the off season, no matter what, he'll just go sign with Calgary. Wow. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that's our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you thought, and uh, we will. Continue talking hockey with you very soon.